You're listening to Team Talk on ESPN Radio, 1017 The Team. All right, about 26 hours away from tip-off tomorrow night. It's a whiteout. The running Rebels are coming to town to face uh, the Lobos. Sold-out pit, whiteout, and uh, we want to talk more UNLV Lobos. We're going to go to Las Vegas and talk to Tyler Bischoff. He's the host of the morning show on ESPN Radio in Las Vegas. Uh, so, Tyler, you know, here's uh, the question I have, because I honestly have not seen UNLV play much this year, okay? I saw him play a lot last year, and I kept seeing a lot of Bryce Hamilton, and I know Bryce Hamilton's playing at the professional level now and so on and so forth. Uh, who are the guys to watch on this team uh, for the running Rebs, uh, if you don't mind, Tyler? So replacing Bryce Hamilton uh, was not going to be easy for UNLV, but they've done a lot better defensively to sort of make it less of a burden offensively. But their two main offensive stars have been E.J. Tuckless, who's a transfer in from Oklahoma, uh, he has been a volume scorer for UNLV. He takes a lot of shots. He'll have some good games, but his efficiency isn't extremely high. But he is somebody that can at least create his own shot. Their number two guy is Keyshawn Gilbert, and really he's maybe the most interesting player on this team because he started the year in the first 10 games, UNLV's 10-0. and He was incredible. I mean, extremely efficient. He was shooting like 54% from three, and he was sort of their number two scorer. He's been dreadful the last few games. I mean, last game he got benched in the fourth or in the, excuse me in the second half because he just wasn't doing much of anything. He had six turnovers in their loss against San Diego State and only took four shots. Didn't make any of them. He scored a total of seven points in their two Mountain West games, and he's supposed to be the number two guy and honestly more efficient than EJ Hartcliffe. And he just has not been good. And you look at why UNLV started conference play zero and two. Keyshawn Gilbert struggling is a big reason why. So those are the two guys offensively that have had to do the most to make up for the loss of Bryce Hamilton. And when they're both good, when they both have an efficient game, UNLV is basically unbeatable in this in this conference because they're good enough defensively. They're not going to get run out of the gym. But the problem is that they just haven't gotten efficient play from really honestly one of those guys in about three weeks. Yeah, you mentioned Harkless, a uh, fifth-year guy that did transfer from Oklahoma. Um, Keyshawn Gilbert is a was a high school player that you uh, recruited there, or that was recruited there by UNLV out of St. Louis. But I'm seeing, you know, uh, how many guys on that UNLV roster are from Power Five conferences. Um, Tyler, I'll tell you what, it's not like, especially with the transfer portal and all these other things. Uh, you know, you lose a, a guy like Bryce Hamilton, but like you said, you can make up uh, with other people on defense, but it, people continually load up with, with guys that played at big schools. I see Oklahoma, I see Arizona represented, West Virginia represented, Ole Miss, uh, Southeast Conference schools. I mean, um, Kevin Kruger obviously uh, has a lot of connections and, and has is the ability to, to get guys to come over to UNLV. They have absolutely no adverse to we can find somebody that is playing at a power conference and 
Hey, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna put. Uh, we're, you're breaking up on us, Tyler. I'm gonna uh, have Sam uh, put you on hold real quick. Maybe get a better connection. But yeah, I mean, I I'm seeing Oklahoma, Colorado, uh, Hawaii is in the mix too. Uh, Arizona, of course, a transfer from Arizona by the name of Shane Noel. Um, you know the the guy that you heard Tyler mention, EJ Harkless, played at Oklahoma. Uh, three players on the team are former Oklahoma Sooners because of the connection there. Uh, that uh, actually, there's two uh, that played at Oklahoma, uh, and two that played at uh, West Virginia as well. So there was kind of a connection there. Uh, the Rebels right now, 11 and three on the season. 0-2 in conference play. They lost at San Jose State by one point and then got beat by nine at home uh, at the Thomas and Mack by San Diego State, a team that uh, you know was leading by 10 at the half, and, and San Diego State uh, took good care of them. But, uh, Tyler, um, you're talking about the ability for Coach Kruger to uh, be, you know, g- get guys to go uh, and play in Las Vegas, man. Yeah, they've done a good job at trying to find the guys that are not getting a bunch of minutes at a power conference school, and UNLV believes that they can just, hey, give them the minutes, and they are good players. They did it last year with Royce Hamm and Donovan Williams, who were two huge hits from Texas out of the transfer portal. EJ Harkless has gotten a much bigger role, and he's been good, but hasn't been, uh, you know, Bryce Hamilton level good. And then Luis Rodriguez has been really the, the star out of the transfer portal. Came from Ole Miss, where he was really just a, uh, he was out there to defend when he played for Ole Miss. He wasn't given much of an offensive role. And this year, he's shooting well from three. He's their number three option offensively. And with Keyshawn Gilbert struggling, he's really their number two option at the moment. And it's been good for Kevin Kruger. I think the problem, though, is it hasn't been good enough to put UNLV in the NCAA tournament, which ultimately is the goal. You're going to go in the transfer portal. You want to turn the roster around because you're trying to go to the NCAA tournament. They've built good teams. They just haven't really built the great team that can put them into where UNLV hasn't been in almost a decade, which is the NCAA tournament. I got to ask you this, Tyler. I mean, it's not going to be the old days at the Thomas and Mac. Uh, I know what the obstacles are there with keeping people engaged with UNLV football and, and basketball. Obviously, basketball has a, a big head start. Uh, how would you rate, you know, uh, in this game against San Diego State, uh, the fan base um, and them coming out to the Thomas and Mac in the middle of the afternoon? How did that all go? So UNLV was 11 and 2, the best start that they've had in years since, you know, one of Dave Rice's NCAA tournament teams. They're playing San Diego State, who is the marquee opponent on pretty much every conference schedule that they have. And they still only drew 7,000 people. They still only filled up, you know, less than half of the Thomas and Mac. Now, the crowds that are actually there are fine. The fans that show up, it, it's still a pretty good atmosphere despite only having 7,000 people. But it's, it's going to take a lot for it to actually come back at UNLV. And, like, to me, it's always been they're going to have to go to the NCAA tournament and then follow it up with a good season the next year for UNLV to get back to 14,000, 15,000 or more showing up for their games. Because otherwise, people just, I mean, they're not really truly going to believe. And there's so many other options here that you've got to actually fight through and win people over that might be going to something else. 
Tyler, you're not a rah-rah homer guy at all, but um, you obviously no. <laughs> at all. I, I know we've talked to you enough. Okay, so uh, at the front end, um, the way you said, if they, if they can somehow score the basketball, be reasonably effective and efficient on offense, th- this team is it should be near the very top of the league. That's the impression I get. Uh, so what you must see a lot of what they're doing collectively, the way they're moving the ball, and particularly playing defense, is what makes you think you know so highly of this team yeah so the the defensive side is what was really impressive early in the season they've they've slipped a little bit in the last half a month or so where they haven't been quite as dominant defensively but they just they've got to get something efficiently offensively like ej harkless is going to take 15 to 20 shots on saturday and if he only scores 15 points on those shots they're they're probably not winning the game but if ej harkless can take 15 shots and score 25 points that might be enough because their defense is good. I'm curious to see because they did lose uh, Eli Parquet, who was one of their primary on-ball defenders. They have the, Since he's been out for the last four games, that's when the defense has slipped a little bit, and he's not expected to come back tomorrow. They haven't been as good defensively without him, and I'm curious if that flips at any point. Do they get back to where they were a dominant defensive team, or are they just still a good defensive team without parquet because if they can if they need him to come back they're still waiting another two weeks maybe for him to come back it might be too late for their ncaa tournament hopes because they might be you know three and five three and six in mountain west play by that point and that's going to be too big of a hole for them to climb out of uh, we're talking to Tyler Bischoff. He's with ESPN uh, Las Vegas here on Team Talk live from the Santa Ana Star Casino Hotel. I, I'm curious from uh, outside of our local bubble here, what has been the impressions of uh, you guys in Vegas and maybe you know some of the other people uh, you've talked to in other markets around the league? I mean, uh, when the Lobos started out 14-0, and 0, uh, did people really think that uh, they believed that this was real or were they you know, throwing? and stones about the the, uh, the strength of schedule, all that kind of stuff. What was you know your general uh, thoughts on on what the Lobos had done before they lo- or even through their loss at, at Fresno State, Tyler? So I've I've always found UNLV in New Mexico to be interesting because uh, since I've been here, which is now nine seasons that I've been covering UNLV, they haven't been to the NCAA tournament, and I've kind of viewed UNLV in New Mexico as basically in the same spot where. They're not yeah. as good right now as they probably should be in the Mountain West, and it was almost a wait and see which one's going to break back through first. And then both of them start this year. UNLV was 10-0, and New Mexico obviously the last undefeated team. And it was even more fascinating because neither team played a good non-conference schedule. So there was a lot. When UNLV was 10-0, and it was a lot of, all right, let's, let's wait and see how many good teams they're actually going to play. Do they have any good wins? And I feel like it was the same sort of look for New Mexico. And obviously, they beat St. Mary's, which was a better win than anything UNLV did in non-conference play. I think there was a little bit more there uh, for New Mexico. But I think it's it's almost a matter of when are both of these programs going to be back, and maybe New Mexico is there. We'll see what happens the rest of conference play. I, I personally think this conference is going to eat itself alive, and there's only going to be a couple of teams that survive with like a – 12-win conference record or something like that, and we'll see if New Mexico can be one of those. But it certainly was like, oh, look, if UNLV, if New Mexico can actually do this, the Mountain West could be really, really good again. I just don't know if either one of these teams are actually going to be real enough to win 12 or 13 conference games. 
It's interesting you bring that up, Tyler, because we started to see some maybe early stages of that last year. And if you if you think we're continuing to go in that direction, yeah, I guess we'll find out whether or not that's actually good or bad for the conference. What is there any one or two things do you attribute that you attribute that to? I mean, is it just as simple as the portal taking over and and what it's doing to the the teams in the conference? It it might be. I mean, you look at how. Uh, I mean, San Diego State, before the transfer portal, they weren't completely built on transfers, but they did a really good job of going out and finding an impact transfer. And, like, you go back to the Malachi Flynn season when they would have been a one or a two seed had the NCAA tournament not been canceled. Malachi Flynn was a transfer that came in and was just phenomenal. And that's maybe the second-best San Diego State team of all time behind uh, the Kawhi Leonard season. It's it's been in this conference. You can throw Eric Musselman when he was at Nevada, too. Like, in this conference, you've seen some of the really good teams have been because they found a tremendous transfer. And now with the transfer portal, it's technically easier to do that because guys don't have to sit out nearly as often. So it, it should be a path for UNLV, for New Mexico. Honestly, for anybody in the conference that can get somebody in the transfer portal, it should be a path to quickly turning it around, to quickly getting into the top two or three of this conference. And if you can have San Diego State, Utah State, Boise State, New Mexico, UNLV, if you can have a handful of teams every year that are close to that, then it, the conference might be back to that level where it's like, oh, wow, this is a uh, four-plus bid conference team every single year like it was last year. Well, and we've certainly seen uh, Kevin Kruger utilize the portal in, in, a, in a pretty big and pretty impactful way since getting to UNLV. What is it? that he's looking for and you know certainly trying again here with this group what is it that he's looking for in putting all these pieces together for for the team and and do you get the sense that that he might have it this year their main objective uh, this past summer was to just get long athletic defenders because what they do defensively is they they just switch everything like they're just going to switch every screen you throw at them San Diego State actually exposed them a little bit attacked UNLV centers off the bat but their goal is to just have five great defenders that they know they can switch anything and they're not really going to have uh, a big mismatch that they have to figure out how to how to hide that was what they wanted in the transfer portal the key for UNLV and we'll see if EJ Harkless can do it the rest of the season or somebody else is finding those type of defenders and also having one or two of them be good offensive players because that's UNLV's big problem this year is none of not they don't seem to have the good offensive players they've got okay offensive players but that's what they have been looking for they're they want the identity to be we've got a great defensive team they, I mean you can basically say many San Diego State or junior San Diego State that's kind of what they're building for is let's be great defensively and if we can find a couple of offensive players we'll be really really special all right Tyler yeah that analogy of like um you know these 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 teams eating themselves, uh, eat, eating each other alive or whatever when it comes to conference play. Uh, totally agree. I think we're going to see, we've already seen some surprises. I think UNLV losing at San Jose State was a surprise. San Jose State uh, winning, you know, at Colorado State, I believe, and then, um, you know, almost giving Boise, giving Boise State. I mean, and then Nevada, who was supposed to take ninth. If they win right. tonight at San Jose State, they're leading the conference. Uh, all right, Tyler, uh, thank you so much. Appreciate you joining us we always love talking hoops with you that's tyler bischoff he's the host of the morning shows uh, over there at espn las vegas appreciate his participation here on team talk all right we're gonna get out of here from the santa santa 
uh, Anna Star Casino Hotel at the Sportsbook at San Anna Star Casino Hotel. Uh, here, we still got another hour of Team Talk, though, coming up next. You're listening to ESPN Radio 1017 The Team.